Welcome to Business of Design with your Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals, like you. The systems, strategies, and protocols we teach will allow you to consistently satisfy clients, increase your profitability, and run your projects like a boss. And they've been field tested by thousands of design professionals in more than 50 countries. Join today and you'll have immediate access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, an exact blueprint for running your design projects from consultation to 100% completion. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results, led by a successful, profitable, working interior designer. It's time to create the business you dreamed of when you first started out. Don't do this alone. Go to businessofdesign.com now and become a member. Hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design. This is a very special episode, number 300. 300. We only do one a week, so that tells you what the time frame has been like. And I can honestly say, doing this podcast still feels like something new I've just discovered. I'm having the best time learning so much from all of you. And thank you so much for those of you who have reached out and shared your compliments for the podcast, great ideas for the podcast. Thank you for liking us and subscribing to us. And thank you especially to those of you who have not just listened to the podcast, but have converted yourself to business of design members. We have have an ambitious agenda and so much work to do, and your support means everything to us. And when I say us, most of you will know that there is someone very special who runs things beautifully, seamlessly, smoothly behind the scenes every single day, and that is Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations. And in honor of this 300th episode, I thought it would be fun for me and torturous for Cheryl for me to interview her and put her on the spot and tell her 15 things that I've learned from her. So, without further ado, I welcome Cheryl Horn, who has a terrible cold. How are you feeling, Cheryl? I'm I'm doing okay. I, I'm sure I don't sound uh, sound too good, though. <laughs> well, you just sound like someone who has a cold, and I guess yes, it's I that do. season. So, what are we going to do? But uh, I remember we were talking about episode three hundred. First of all, neither one of us can believe it's actually been I know. Three, right. Isn't that amazing? I think we had the same conversation at like episode one hundred, and then one fifty <laughs> and two hundred. Like all of the milestones, they just seem to come really quickly. I know. And episode 200, from time to time, somebody will say they listen to that every six months because I gave 200 great ideas for your interior design business. And I have heard multiple people say, I, I do that one like frequently. So I remember them all. Um, well, well the- and I hear from new listeners all the time who discover the podcast and then go back and start from the very beginning. So I'll get questions and that sort of thing. And I'm like, there's so many episodes, like it's hard to to keep track and figure out which episode it is that they're asking about because there's so many of them. But so many of our lo- new listeners um, listen as they come out new, but then go back and start 
from the very beginning as well. I love it. That's so fun. I feel like I need to go back and listen from the very beginning because I truly learn things in every episode and I have implemented so many new things by interviewing you guys and we have such fun interviews coming up. Super excited to share some of the speakers that we have coming up uh, after episode 300. But right now the focus is on Cheryl, which she's going to hate. And before we get into the 15 things I've learned from Cheryl, we should just do announcements, Cheryl. What's happening at Business of Design? Sure. Well, let's uh, jump right into it. So we'll start with events, because then we've got some other stuff to cover that's specific to this episode. Um, so we've got, let's start with just our, our big events. We've got Australia and Charleston happening in 2023, which will be here before you know it. Can so, you see the smile uh, on my face? Like I'm yeah. so excited to head back to Australia and to spend time in Charleston. It's, I think I'm already packed. That's how excited I am. It's it's November and I'm packed. <laughs> well, and it's good because it's, you know, you get to see members in Australia that don't necessarily get to do a lot of other stuff with us. We've got um, a boss member from both of our groups that are from Australia that will you get to see there as well. But uh, it's a two-day uh, intensive seminar where you'll walk through the BOD 15 Um and that is happening March 6th and 7th at um, Boyd Blue, the showroom in Sydney. One of our new boss members, Genevieve, has mentioned that she may have a home that we can tour or something. So we may have a surprise add-on to that or host a separate party. Um, so if you're in uh, Australia and you're thinking of uh, signing up for the two-day event, I hope you will and uh, expect that we may have some other surprises in store for you. After all, it's not every day we're in Sydney, so we're very excited. Yeah, we want to make uh, the most of it. So, um, and then also, as soon as kind of as soon as you get back from Australia, you're yeah. right into like retreat mode. And it's funny because a lot of the member, our boss members at least, who are with you on Australia, are going to be heading back this way with you to join us for the retreat as well. So that is coming up April 27th to 30th. You still have until December 15th to get in on the early pricing for that. But that is going to be four days in Charleston. I know that you and Janine are already well into planning the learnings because, of course, we always do new content at uh, at the retreats. Yes, we are going to talk about things in the back end, those hidden things that make or break projects. And uh, we are, in fact, already creating the courses and the content. And I'm very excited about that. And then the usual stuff, you know, great tours and food and fun and celebration and please sign up for Charleston. We are so looking to this really, you know, what has become for me an essentially important event, annual event, because I come away from the retreat feeling renewed, reinvigorated, excited about what's ahead, ready to do my job as an interior design professional. It's never failed. And at the end of every retreat, when we're hugging it out and saying our goodbyes, there is just this feeling of empowerment in the group and lifelong connections are being made. We want you to be part of that. Come be part of our posse, our circle. We will take care of you once you get to Charleston. Most of your meals are paid for. There are a couple of nights where you can go out on your own. But for the most part, you just show up and we will take care of you. 
Well, and I love that so much of the conversation sort of happens between the events and and between sort of the dedicated learning. We always say like, we don't want you to leave any of our events, let alone the retreat, um, still having questions. So we definitely make time for, for sort of those open conversations where who knows where it's going to lead. We definitely make sure that nobody leaves with any questions at the end of those four days. So again, that's April 27th to April 30th, but make sure you check that out on the website. You've got until December 15th to get in on early bird pricing. I'm also going to say we have been wanting to introduce boss group number one to boss group number two. So those of you who are BOD boss members coming to the retreat, we have a little extra surprise for you. Thursday afternoon, the retreat begins, and it's typically a learning event that we do, and we usually end things with a cocktail. And then following that, boss members from group one and group two are invited to a special event just with Business of Design. We want you guys to meet each other, and this is a great opportunity to do that. So yeah, so many reasons to get to Charleston next year. Well, before we wrap up announcements, we kind of have a big one. We really wanted to celebrate episode 300 and give back to our listeners. So uh, something we never do. Um, what we're doing for this episode is if you are a long time listener, or I guess a new listener, but just haven't taken that next step towards membership, uh, we want you to take that step now. So for one week only, you can use promo code episode 300 to save $50 off your first month of membership. And if you are already a member, of course, we want to do something for you too. So you're going to have to head to Business of Design's Instagram account uh, to follow along with all of the instructions. But uh, you're going to be asked to share a post if you're already a member and you're going to be entered to win a coaching call with Kimberly valued at over $500. So we've got something for everybody. So make sure you get in on this because again, it only lasts for one week, but we're pretty excited about episode 300. So we want to make sure you are as well. I love that you said we're pretty excited about episode 300, Cheryl, because you're not at all excited about episode 300 in the sense that you're the person who's put in, who's being put on the spot. <laughs> I know. Well, you've sort of pushed me to get into my comfort zone. I have, I mean, everyone's probably sick of hearing from me. I did do the last two episodes, which uh, you know, people that I work with all the time. So it was easy to have those conversations, but it only took me 15 years to be able to, to, you know, do that for you to allow you to travel and not have to worry about every single episode while you're gone. So I'm very Finally grateful. stepped up. I'm very, yeah. <laughs> very grateful. So in no particular order, it took me less than a minute to come up with 15 things I've learned from Cheryl. It probably could have taken me two minutes to come up with 15 more, um, but no particular order. The first one uh, was a very big lesson for me, and it's this. It's okay to make changes that your team isn't happy about. Just do it wisely. Do it thoughtfully. So Cheryl, this happened when I decided to change from having employees to having independent contractors. Do you remember that moment where you came to me and said, I know what you're going to do. You're waffling and you yep. shouldn't. Yeah. I remember saying to you that I, you should have done it sooner. <laughs> I think it was the, because you didn't, you didn't make decisions for yourself. It was decisions for your team. And I think that that was something that you could have probably should have done a lot, you know, a lot sooner, but having a young staff who weren't necessarily ready to go out on their own and, and that sort of thing. I know 
held you back. I was uh, on maternity leave at the same time at, at that time that we made the shift. So it actually, you know, was good for me. Business of design. I I still had a job. It was just going to be self employed in instead. So, um, you know, at least you know that that was something that you didn't have to worry about for me. But for young designers, it's a big uh, change to either are you going to go out on your own or are you going to find full-time work? And I know, um, you know, your whole staff still ended up staying with you and we made it work. And this is, you know, going back um, eight years. Gosh, is it really eight that years long? Now? I can't believe it. Yeah, you know, it was just so comforting to have someone say, it's going to be okay. Everybody's going to survive and you have to do this because it's the right thing for you. I hope everybody listening has that person in their lives. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's number one. Number two, I would say transparency builds trust. Cheryl, you're always really forthcoming about how you feel about things that are being proposed, what we have planned, changes of direction. Um, You're never punitive if it doesn't go your way, but you never withhold sharing how you actually feel. And that's been a super helpful learning experience for me. Well, it's, you know, it doesn't help to share those after the fact, right? And I think you can say that in any aspect of your life. If you've got doubts about something or like, did you think about it this way instead? Like it it could go that way or maybe it could go this way. It doesn't help you after the fact. So, you know, I think we've had that conversation so many times and sometimes we start trying it my way. Sometimes we start with yours and then sometimes we have to circle back to the other way. But having those options up front uh, is totally different than like rethinking it after the fact. It's so true. And that ties into number three, which is honest feedback is all that matters. Like I can look at Cheryl and ask her a question and know that I'm going to get the truth. And I have to say, sometimes I want to soften the truth. I sometimes want to give a person, a client, maybe I want to say what I think they want to hear. And I really rely on you to be candid and honest. Have you always been able to do that? I think so. Like, I mean, I've never been a yes person. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to say what you want to hear. And I've never done that. Um, for you, I mean, I can't, I started working for you when I was 24. So I, I didn't have like a whole lot of, um, you know, past employers before that. I think I had one other like significant job since university. Um, so I think for a lot of people, it would take time to build that. But I think finding that right from the start also, for both employer and employee lets you know that you've found the right fit, right? If you're a year into a job and you still can't be candid or give real opinions and you constantly feel like you're just agreeing for the sake of agreeing, then it's not a good fit for either of you. You just answered, uh, you just answered number four as well. Don't hire someone just to agree with you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really important truth. Like if they're just going to agree with you, you just have another extension, another arm of yourself, which is not helpful. So don't hire someone just to agree with you. And the other thing is say the hard thing straight up, run toward the danger. As Sarah (laughs) Polly says in her uh, memoir, run toward, run, run straight into the fire. Tell me how that works in your life. Life. Uh, well, I think it's, that goes back to what is, what is your saying that like the, um, 
Something about eating a frog. <laughs> what is that eat saying? The frog, right? Yeah, like, eat the frog. That's a common. I forget who the yeah. who the. It's not. It's not going to suck less were, tomorrow, right? right? <laughs> yeah, it won't be better. Yeah, eat the frog. Eat the frog now. Get it out of the way. Do it now. Yeah, I mean, some things like you need to take your time in terms of finding the right way to say it or to do it. But at the end of the day, it's the same result. And sometimes those things can be time sensitive, and waiting actually makes it worse. Yeah. And you, and also don't flower it up with a bunch of nonsense, which is confusing. If it's really a dog of an idea, just say it's a dog of an idea and move on. Um, that's another thing. Like you don't often spend a lot of time sugarcoating things. And it's not that you say it in a mean way or in a harsh way, but you're just really clear and decisive, which is helpful actually, because then I know that you mean business. Well, and I think also a lot of times you know, and I'm sure it's true when you're talking to clients as well. Um, but when we're having conversations and maybe you come up with an idea, you don't necessarily do the tasks associated with that idea. So it might just be like a logistical, we can't do that because, and it's a really simple no. So to make it more complicated and you wouldn't have known that because you didn't do a, B, and C for the last five years, I've been doing that. Right. Um, and that would be probably the same when you, if something comes up on a job site for a client, they might just come up with this grand idea in the middle of it. And the reasons why it's too late to do that, or it's not feasible or whatever it is, they wouldn't know. So the scary no to a client might not actually be that scary. It's just logistically, it just doesn't work and they never would have thought of that. Yeah. You're pre actually protecting them. I can't believe yeah. I wrote this next one. Number six, sometimes you have to let the boss oh, no. fail. <laughs> it <laughs> makes me laugh that I even, I don't even remember writing that, but I did. Um, and I know it's true. There are times when I have an idea and I can see by Cheryl's face and what you've said, you don't think it's a good idea. But when I say, I don't, you know, I'm just going to do it. I, I can see that look of resolve on your face. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, I feel like it's been a long time. Like, I don't think I can come up with like a recent example of that. But when I first started working with you, we were more doing um, events for, we would say, home enthusiasts. So not design professionals, but like you were on, you know, Style at Home Magazine, City Line. People who were interested in design wanted to like do seminars and the trips and everything like that. And we had... Um, a designer market that we did and things like that. And my reasons for doing things, which coming in with a business degree, I worked in finance previously, like whether or not these add to your bottom line or they're just fun are two very different reasons for doing events. And that's sort of why we ended up, you know, switching gears and just focusing on the, the business of design because it was, you know, certainly a passion project for you. But um, some of the other events that we were just doing for design enthusiasts were more along the, the fun side and it's branding and all of that kind of stuff. But I feel like it was more as we slowly took those off our list and narrowed our, our focus. And I think that's the thing as well, that it's, it's more been about narrowing your focus because you are the one with all the big ideas and I'm about the, the execution, um, that I know on my side, I can do, I can do all 15 of these events or I can do five of them really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing, and this is not on the list either, but you you never I say, I told you so. So I appreciate that. You never, you just, <laughs> you just quietly let me like walk away and like feel ashamed. And <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Switching gears here. Number seven, how to manage a big task list. You are really good at prioritizing and deciding what should be focused on and what you need to let go of. Yeah. um, Well, and I think, I mean, I always have my own lists on the go as well. Um, But I mean, our, our top line, when that gets too long, it's like something, something's gonna knock it done well. Something's, something's gonna drop off here. So making sure that it's an accurate list and we've, you know, got all the details down there about next steps, but it's also like having the right things on the list too, right? There's usually going to be a couple things on there that just don't, they're not priority and they're sort of on there for the sake of being on there. Um, but I think our, our top line meetings, um, especially since, you know, we all do work so independently, we've got our own tasks that being held accountable, even if you have nothing to do with this whole project that I'm working on, you knowing where I'm at with it and what I plan to do next certainly helps to get more items off the list. It's so good when you know the the person that you're working with. Like if Cheryl says, I'll do it, I never think about it again. I literally don't remember what's on her list of things to do because I don't have to think about them. That's just as an employer, that's like the biggest gift I have to say. Um, the next well, two are, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say um, for like for what we do leading up to a, events, um, you know, it's the same thing with the design side, how you're very involved with certain steps. So you still need to be kept in the list, even though there's like six steps in a row for project management that Kathy's the lead on. She's still going to keep you up to date what's happening until you come back in for those steps towards the end with the install and the client reveal. You still need to be kept up to date on what's happening in between so that you're also prepared for the tasks that are coming up for you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The next two are sort of related to what we've been talking about already. And number eight is not every goal is a worthy one. Um, and so you, you have a, a keen sense of being able to be objective about things and say like, this is this really worth our time, this goal? And then the next one is staying on track is sometimes more important than innovating. Sorry, my text is tinging over here. But staying on track is sometimes more important than innovating. Yeah, I had a big innovation problem when I hired you, didn't I? (laughs) Well, and I think that's the thing. I mean, there's so many good ideas out there, right? And you can't possibly do them all. I feel like, you know, at least once a year, even with business of design, we sit down and scale back. It's sort of it slowly just grows and grows and grows where one thing after another, the list just sort of gets bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, even to promote that to your audience, it's like, how many different things do you want them to have to decide between, right? Like, what do we love? What is our favorite things to do that we know we can make amazing for our members? And let's scale back to that. Um, You know, there's always going to be an endless menu of options that you can provide to anyone. And that's, you know, same on the design side. That's why you only present your clients with one option and then have one in your back pocket, right? (laughs) If there's endless possibilities at the end of the day, if they wanted to see 10 options, you could find 10 options, but you need to narrow the focus to make sure you're focusing on the best one. So true. So number 10 has to do with this. You, 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 there's no drama with Cheryl. Like, I don't care how big the problem is. There's always a solution. You, you have this attitude that no matter how big it is, there's a solution and there's no drama. Talk about that. Oh my goodness. 
Um, well, I guess that's there's probably one on every team, right? That's one of the benefits to having staff and not feeling like you're working alone and, or not even staff having, you know, um, I think our, whether it's our boss groups, or I know there's so many different events that we've done where there's like little groups who sat at your table, they stick together. So whether or not you work independently or you have a team, um, finding that balance, there's always one person who can sort of bring everybody down to like, a level. <laughs> Talk everybody off the ledge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, there's not, there's not a strategy around that. I think that's just sort of how I'm wired. <laughs> so good. All right. Number 11, having number 11, having a system is better than having a goal. Well, that's actually a big one that we've been talking about with our, our boss groups, right? Like when when we're leading up to um, these meetings or even like what we talk about at the retreats and that sort of thing is when you set a goal, it's about all the steps leading up to that goal and achieving it. And the shift that we've recently made um, after reading Atomic Habits, uh, the, the, you know, the book club BOD live has, has come and gone, but if you didn't read that book, it really resonated with us. Oh, yeah. So uh, go back and read it. It's definitely worth the read. So that's where that sort of, came from. But as opposed to asking um, members for their, what action step are you going to take? That could be a one-time thing, right? Like I'm going to make this phone call by Friday. That is my first step towards it. But then what, right? It's about changes in your business, ongoing habits or systems um, that keep you working towards those goals on an ongoing basis. So maybe it's not just an initial phone call. It's a dedicated time on the fourth Thursday of every month that you are going to dedicate an hour to doing this, this, and this. And that's part of your process every single month to keep the ball rolling towards that. Because when you set a goal, it's really easy to think about that next thing you're going to do. And then it sort of peters out. So true. And when we when we read the book, we're like, yes, we know this, but we never had we'd never put it in those clear, succinct words before. And so when we're talking to people about hiring, it's not an event, it's a process. You need a system for hiring. You can't just hire on the fly, winging it. And I think that the, the more systems I have, the more things that are automated, the better and better and better life is. The easier it is for me to go on a three-week holiday and not think about the office. Yeah. And I mean, even for me with lists, if it is something that you do on a regular basis, sometimes it's easy to forget about it. You think that it would be happy because you do this every month at the same timing. But um, you know, for me, it's my my email is my inbox. And when you add something to your calendar, it's, I don't check my calendar regularly. I wait for that email to tell me what to do. So a lot of my inbox every single morning are actually calendar no notifications to do like these really simple things that like, I don't have to think about because my action item was putting them in my calendar on a recurring basis. And then they don't get deleted from my inbox until they're done. But that's not a one-time thing. That's a every single month or every single week, whatever it happens to be. And that really leads into the 12th one, which is kind of like one step at a time, just get it done. Like you're really good at chunking out what needs to be done on a day-to-day -day basis to reach a big goal. And you, you know how to like 
on Tuesday, I'm doing that. I'm not doing that today. And I'm not doing that Thursday. I'm doing that Tuesday. You're so disciplined and regimented in that way. Well, and I don't know if this came from a podcast episode, but I mean, it had to be like at least a year ago, but you had mentioned that I guess a guest or somebody had mentioned to you about blocking out time for clients. Mm -hmm. So you're not like that you were actually going to start rather than just bailing in 15 minute increments, because that could be all over the place, um, that you were going to block three hours for this client and there's no distractions. And that's sort of what I've ended up doing. Um, so I have blocks of time and most of that is business of design, but for a certain client. So if I get an email from another client, I'm not going to look at it. If my phone rings from that client, unless I'm thinking that it might be an emergency, which it, what I do is never emergency, but, um, you know, I'm not going to ignore that until this specific block of time is done for this client. And I block that time based on the tasks that I want to do and my, um, projection for how long that's going to take me. But it does take time just to sort of get into the mindset of this is the client and this is the work you're doing. So to have that dedicated time instead of going through email and doing replies and that sort of thing for three different clients, you probably have to take a moment for each one and figure out, okay, which, what step is that, is that project on or uh, you know, I'm sure for a lot of listeners, if they've got multiple projects on the go, they might be using a lot of the same trades or things like that, where it does, it's hard to keep everything straight because there's so much crossover. So to really dedicate a block of time and not just go through individual tasks, all of which might be for separate clients or separate jobs. Yeah, that is, that's been a game changer for me. I literally will say the next four hours, I'm only working on this particular project. I'm not even thinking about anything else. That has really changed my life. And I just find my work is better and more thorough and more detailed. And I love it. It's so, so good. Number 13, it's important to remind yourself from time to time of the goal. How do you do that? How do you, do you, do you set a reminder? Is that what you use your calendar for? You'll remind yourself that you were going to work on X, Y, or Z, or how do you go back and see if you're on target for things? Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, uh, that's still our weekly top line meetings, right? For me, achieving goals or, um, you know, sometimes goals we set for specific events, for example, um, that's about accountability to other people. And it's, I'm not good at focusing on a goal that's just for me. Like if I don't, if I say I'm going to do something out loud, it's a game changer. If somebody else knows that I have intentions of doing something, I'm going to do it. And I'm very good about like, unless I'm 100%, I don't say it out loud. I'm not going to put it in writing. I'm not going to do whatever until I know it's 100% to do it. Um, I think that that's sort of a pet peeve of mine for when you talk about doing something and then it never idea. I totally get why you want to achieve that. But what are you going to do to get there? So until I'm sort of at that point where it's, I'm going to say it out loud to you and Janine and every single week, I'm going to let you know the progress I'm making. Um, it's not, it's not really a goal until it's out loud. <laughs> I found the same thing to be true. I have to tell, I have to tell someone else and I have to come back to it over and over and over again, for sure. Number 14, it's okay to change course. 
ugh, sometimes I'll say something, we're going to do this, and then it doesn't work out. It's not the right thing. It's for a variety of reasons. It's not the way to go. And I'll say, but I already said I was going to do it. And you'll say, it's okay. You said you were wrong. Now we're going to do it this way, which is better. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, again, like something that sounds like a good idea. You have to sort of do a work back to figure out how you're actually going to get to that item. And once you sort of figure out what those initial steps are or actually start doing them, sometimes you just head in a different direction. Sometimes you just have to follow that. And some of our best um, projects, I know how many times we talked about the boss groups because those came out of the, out of your desire for needing that, right? Business of design. Initially, we started this community and this membership because that's what you always wanted to have. And when you started sharing it and this community came out of it, it's like, how can we utilize this? And then it was sort of that next level where you've got your designer friends, but it's not the same as what we've, what we now call our boss groups, but having that group of peers, how many different versions of that program did we go through before we're like, okay, now we're ready to do it because we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely have a group of designer friends. They're so fun. We get together and drink, but I tell you what, they are not boss material at all. (laughs) It's so different. If you have like-minded people who are keeping you on a steady path, it's like being in a group with 12 Cheryl's. It's really good. (laughs) It was really good. Yeah. And business of design absolutely is what I needed. I needed a group of people I could talk to who were serious about running a business as I was, because that's, it was hard to find. It was impossible to find, you know, 2004 when we launched. It just didn't exist. Lots of groups of friends, but no groups that were running really thriving, profitable businesses as far as I know. So that's yeah. good. So, I mean, I, I think we've, um, you know, that was my uh, easiest example to pull from, but there's so many times where it's like, okay, we know what the end goal is. We know what the end result is, but like what makes the most sense to get us there? And there's always more than one option. And sometimes you just have to try them out. And even as you start walking down one path, sometimes you have to shift gears for sure. Exactly. And then number 15, and this is a word that's really important to me. And Cheryl just embodies this word. Integrity is everything. It's everything. Even when it's hard, integrity is really what matters. It is. And I mean, it's, it's easy for us to say we've all been working together for so long. Like I'm not even your longest employee or contractor, whatever it is, like the team you've put together, we've all been together for so long. I think that that's just a quality that we all have and work together. And, you know, the trust in our office, um, even though we don't, we don't even, you know, most of what we're doing is over zoom. Now we're all in different locations, Um, and you need to be trusted to work independently. And I think that's a question that we get a lot from members now that it is a lot more common to have contractors or employees that aren't necessarily working right next to you. So it's, you know, creating that, that trust in what they are doing and how do you know that they've done all of the tasks that they've said that they've completed and that it really took that amount of time and you just have to, Um, you know, and I don't even know how you could interview somebody for those qualities. It's sort of, I feel like that's sort of a learn on the job thing, gut instinct. Um, but I think for so many, that's just, you know, top priority when you're building a team. 
Yeah. And it, it matters so much in everything. Like I'll give example with business of design. If I say we're going to do the following things at this event, X, Y, and Z, and I have a bad day like we all do, and I only cover X and Y, I totally forget about Z. And somebody phones Cheryl and say and says, I was really looking forward to Z. She didn't do it. Um, you have impeccable at- integrity around that. You'll ask me and I'll say, you know what? I totally gaffed and I never got into that. And then you'll make whatever restitution needs to be made. Like with no fuss, it's just about being honest and standing in truth all the time. I really admire that characteristic. I strive to have that impeccable integrity all the time and just be honest and candid and avoid the fake flourishes and all that kind of stuff. But you're just a true embodiment of that. And thank you so much for everything you do. And here I've got you like working when you feel sick and you just probably want to go to bed, but you're so I think sweet. I sound worse than I feel right now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And next week you have your wisdom teeth extractions to look forward to. Oh, goody. I do. Yeah. I mean, most people like dealt with this as, as teenagers, but it's like I'm, you know, hitting 40 and suddenly I have my first cavity. And of course, it's like in a wisdom tooth. So um, I'm yeah, I'm gonna be out of commission for a for a few days getting getting that done. But it's my time. That's insane that you've only had one cavity. Like I just how does that even how is that possible? (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Cheryl, so much. Happy episode 300. The podcast could never happen without this woman, everybody. So Mm -hmm. and it's really fun when we go to events like the retreat or high point and people say there's Cheryl. I just it makes me so happy when that happens. So we'll get Cheryl back on the road soon, everybody, you'll get to see her again (laughs) in person. And make sure you guys all head to Business of Design's Instagram account, all the details for how you can save on membership or be entered to win coaching with Kimberly are all going to be there for you. Um, But thank you guys for listening and for becoming members and your your ongoing support. We can't do what we do without you guys. So true. Well said. Okay. Get some sleep. Have some chicken soup. I will. Take care. (laughs) Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for listening and being a part of the Business of Design community. You're supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to have the business you've always dreamed of. If you're ready to dramatically improve your business and transform your life, head to businessofdesign.com now and become a member. What are you waiting for?